This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Game Time with Boomer Esiason. Today's guest is a four-time NCAA Coach of the Year, 10-time Big Ten champion, and Naismith Hall of Famer, Tom Izzo. Presented by GEICO. Today's guest is entering his 27th season as the head coach of Michigan State. Now, during that span, he's guided his Spartans to 23 consecutive NCAA tournaments, eight Final Four appearances, and, of course, the 2000 National Championship. And five years ago, he was enshrined into the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame. It is my pleasure to welcome the esteemed coach, Tom Izzo, to game time. Coach, it is great to see you. And I got to tell you, you guys have got your hands full, not only coming off of the pandemic with all the recruiting and everything else now we have name image and likeness how is Michigan State prepared to deal with this it's an animal that I don't think anybody's prepared for it came on so quick even though it was in the works nobody knew how it was going to be kind of implemented I'm on a committee with 10 that have been working on it sort of since last August I still don't know that much We'll see how it works out. I'm not so sure the NCAA was ready for this. Uh, did you see this coming, uh, like, say, a few years ago when this case started to hit the papers? And and why isn't or why wasn't the NCAA prepared for this? Oh, you're asking me loaded questions right now. But uh, I would say that when it started coming a couple of years ago, I don't know if anybody thought it would get to this point. But when the lawyers got involved and Congress got involved and Uh, You know, I mean, I have some questions, too, what the NCAA has done on it. Uh, And I'm on some of those committees. Uh, I don't think that uh, I think it got out of hand quick. And uh, hopefully it benefits the players. But uh, benefiting the players mean benefits them in the long run, you know. And I don't know about you, but if I had and who knows how much money is a lot of money. But if I had a lot of money when I was 16, 17 or 18, I'm not sure me and you'd be sitting here. So I have some concerns. (laughs) But uh, I don't think um, I don't think it was handled uh, properly. But I don't know whose fault that is. Now along comes not only name, image, and likeness, but in the last few years, it's been the transfer portal that has allowed a disgruntled player to say, you know what, my coach is too hard on me, I can't handle this, and I'm just going to put my name in the transfer portal, and they can do this. At, you know, basically, it seems like anytime they want to, and it creates another set of problems for you guys. But I thought this was going to be a fun interview. You're hitting me with everything. But, yes. you know, I, I agree with you. And uh, I think that one could even be worse for the players. I know some people are in support of it because coaches can move. And I don't know about you. I've had a chance to go to the NBA a few times. And, uh, you know, I had big buyouts. And you don't just get to move. Uh, football has that three-year rule where, uh, you know, they can't go proto then. So we are juggling a lot of things. But, I tell you, Boomer, for the transfer rule, my son would be included. I think I think not every place is for everybody. 
But on the drop of a hat, if you can transfer and change whatever you want to do in life, I know a lot of guys that wouldn't have fought through that ended up pros here. And uh, of all the things I worry about hurting a kid, in every football locker room I was in, or when I was out at San Francisco with Mariucci or the Lions, every locker room in football has a sign that says, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Now the sign says, when the going gets tough, get the hell out of Dodge. That's a little <laughs> scary to me. Yo, it is a little scary. And I promise you, we will have fun in this interview. I got to get to the, the tough stuff first. We are just getting warmed up with Tom Izzo. We're going to have some fun with him after this. So stay with us as game time continues. Game Time with Boomer Esiason, brought to you by GEICO. Welcome back to Game Time. Tom Izzo was raised in the small Upper Peninsula town of Iron Mountain, Michigan. Regarding that tight-knit community, Izzo once said, I always appreciated that everyone in town knew everyone else, adding that it's hard to do wrong when the chief of police lives on the right side of you and the principal on the left side. You know, you're talking about Iron Mountain and uh, high school. I'm sure you were a football player there as well as a basketball player. I think you ran track as well. And I guess Mooch was your quarterback and you were the running back? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, uh, we ham and egged it together and had some pretty good teams, though. So it was fun. You guys actually walked on together and you were, you were roommates as well, too, right? We were roommates so long, people thought, what, what, what are these guys doing? You know, it was... Uh, Four years of college. Then I was a GA. He was a GA. We both took Division Two assistant jobs, and then he went to Cal. Uh, they called it Cal State Disneyland out there, and uh, <laughs> I went to Michigan State as a GA, and the rest is history. Yeah, the rest is history, and quite a history it is. You know, the thing about it is, uh, you grew up about a hundred miles north of Green Bay. You're a huge Packers fan. Did you ever meet Vince Lombardi? You know, I. I met him, but I was only like four years old, but I still have a ball. He gave my dad, he came up and spoke and uh, he gave my dad a ball signed by everybody. I mean, you know, not just Vince, but Jim Taylor and, uh, you know, Willie Wood. And it was uh, unbelievable. It was the 1960 um, championship. And uh, so I still have it in my basement. It's probably my most valued possession, but we did grow up Packer fans, you know, went down there uh, got it, brought our bikes so that the players give us a ride on there. Uh, Mariucci's got a hell of a picture in his office. I think it's Lionel Aldridge and him uh, on wow. the bike. So those are great memory-making moments, that's for sure. You know, when I look back at the old highlights of Vince Lombardi, man, he used to get into the face of his players. Now, when I watch Michigan State basketball, Coach, I see you getting really tight to your, your players. It's what I call a one-eyed conversation, that you're, all, you're so close to him, he can only see your one eye. I mean, I'm just thinking that Vince Lombardi must have had some sort of impact on you as a coach. Well, I did read his book and everything, and I did watch a lot on him, but you know, the truth is you get close to people you love, you know, I mean, uh, you get close with your wife or do you let her be a long ways away? So I love my guys. I, I really do boomer, but you're a little wrong. I'm very seldom in my eye to eye because I'm five, nine and they're about six, nine. So usually <laughs> I'm looking up and if I ever pull them down, the reason is so I can talk to them. I mean, people just don't understand that. How did you end up at Michigan state anyway? You know, I was working at Northern Michigan and I was division two school and, uh, there was a football coach uh, here that just got the job named George Perlis. Do you remember George Perlis, the steel sure, yeah. defensive coordinator? 
And George hired four people from Northern. Um, the head coach at the time was Bill Rademacher, who played for the Jets when they won the Super Bowl. There was a, there was a guy named Buck Nystrom. He's legendary. And I played a little football with Buck. And anyway, all four of those guys came down in January. And in uh, May, when the season was over, I applied for a job here. Judd wouldn't hire me. So I said, I'll be a GA. And those guys helped me. I lived with Bill Rademacher at the time. And uh, I became a GA. I stayed here longer than anybody. I was a GA at 27, 8, and 9, I think. And uh, and then all of a sudden, I was just about to get out of it because no money left, no time left. Things worked out. But George Perlis helped me a lot. And he helped me get this job with Judd Heathcote. That's amazing. All right, we'll return with Coach Tom Izzo right after these messages. Brought to you by the Ford Bronco Sport. Built Ford Tough. It's time for a change. Instead of working from home, work from your luxury suite at Midtown Manhattan's crown jewel, the Kimberly Hotel. Now offering special monthly rates with the most impeccable safety and hygiene protocols to keep you safe. You're watching Game Time with Boomer Esiason, brought to you by GEICO. Tom Izzo's first two seasons as head coach at Michigan State were disappointing, to say the least. At one point late in his second year at the helm, a frustrated fans had dubbed him Tom Fizzo, but his fortunes began to change when he signed a heavily recruited prospect from Flint, Michigan, whose name is Mateen Cleaves. And that was really where it changed for you. And everything that I've done here in terms of the Going back through your history, Coach, that was the one guy that all of a sudden gave you an opportunity for your program to take off. Uh, what did you say to Mateen to get him to come to Michigan State over Michigan? Hell, I got down on my knees and begged him, you know. I mean, <laughs> I did whatever I could. But, you know, the truth of it was at the very end, and that was just after the Fab Five at Michigan. But if you want to know the truth, it was down to Michigan State and Florida State football. Bobby Bowden came up. I got to know Bobby Bowen. He was a great guy. And Nick Saban, of course, was here. And Nick and I, because Mateen was a hell of a quarterback. I mean, uh, he uh, he would have been a two-sport guy when he went to Michigan on his visit. Um, he got in that accident, hurt his back, and that really hurt him his first year. He never played football. But I thought when he came here, he was going to play both sports. I really did. And you'd have loved him. He was tough. He had energy. But he was maybe the second best leader to Magic Johnson um, that ever played here. In 1999, 20 years after Magic Johnson led his team to the Final Four, you lost in the semifinals to Duke. What was that like, and what was the message coming out of that game? Well, you know, it was interesting because going against Mike Krzyzewski and all they had done, they had won it, I think, in 90-91 or 91-92, whatever. And so I learned a lot, too, from him on uh, how to prepare for a weekend, not just a game. You know, if you're good enough, you got to be able to win the weekend. And I thought Mike did some good things for me. And so I told my team after, you know, we had just about everybody coming back. And Mateen, of course, was one of them. And uh, I said, no, it's the mission. You know, it's it's the goal. we got to write the goal down so it becomes etched in stone. And we did that. And of all things, we played to get to the Final Four in Detroit, Michigan. And so uh, that was kind of a home court. And then we went to Indy and, you know, played Wisconsin for the fourth time that year. And uh, those were those were wars. And uh, and then we beat Florida in the finals. So it kind of, you know, it was a 
process. We had some good players. I mean, Charlie Bell, Morris Peterson, Jason Richardson was a freshman. He became the slam dunk champ. Yeah. You know what I learned early on, Boomer? Better players make you a better coach. <laughs> well, you want committed players for sure. There's no question about that. You know, it's kind of interesting. You, you alluded to it earlier. You said you got uh, an offer from the Atlanta Hawks, I believe, and it was a significant offer to leave Michigan State, but you didn't leave. Why, why not go to the pro route and make all that money and kind of take a different tact as opposed to staying at a school like Michigan State? When I had chances to go other places, um, I loved it here. I love football Saturdays. I've been entrenched here. My family's from here. Now, you look back now and the way college sports is going, there's always question marks. But, you know, as they say, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty. I'm happy where I'm at. I'm happy decisions I made. What I got to do, though, is I don't need anybody announcing that 20 years ago we won the national championship. We got to win another one. Uh, in this era, I don't, I, it almost feels like, was that AD or BC, you know, for so long ago? <laughs> You're exactly right. All right, we'll be back in a moment with four more with Tom Izzo. Uh, college coaches are out of your minds. You really are. Game Time with Boomer Esiason, brought to you by GEICO. Welcome back, everyone. Hall of Fame Michigan State coach Judd Heathcote pushed for his longtime assistant Tom Izzo to be named his successor. He has a tremendous passion for the game, Heathcote once explained, but his relationship with the kids, that sets him apart from most other coaches. You know, Coach, we've already talked about Mateen Cleaves. In fact, you gave your son, Stephen, uh, Mateen as his middle name. That's how important, obviously, Mateen Cleaves is to you. Talk about what what that relationship means and how that has blossomed into Michigan State family. You know, I don't know what it's like for you, but to me, um, we don't honor the guys that built the place enough. You know, we kind of forget. In this day and age, we even forget faster. It's what did you do for me today? The players that leave and Mateen started it, them coming back is probably my biggest thrill. Because uh, that means that no matter how hard you push them, they enjoyed being here. And those guys have been my best recruiters. They've been my best friends. Um, I can truly say I love the guys that played here. I love what they've done. And it helps, of course, when Magic's parents still live here. He's back all the time. When Mateen's not far away, Steve Smith, uh, I have a son. He has a son who's a walk-on with me. So those guys are always back. But Mateen started it for me. And, boy, am I lucky he did. You know, I, I got to think that when somebody like Draymond Green comes back to campus and he brings a check for $3.1 million and he donates back to your school, that has got to be like the, the epitome of really what you're trying to sell to your kids. You know, you're so right. And, and you know, Magic's done a lot here. And, uh, you know, we, we had another Steve Smith gave a ton to our athletic, our academic center here. But Draymond... He gave all that money, and I asked him to hold off a little bit to the Tom Izzo retirement fund. But, you know, <laughs> don't worry about that. But it's been so good. I had another walk-on uh, named Matt Ishbia just gave $32 million to our athletic department. Um, that is a blessing. And uh, it's kind of they set the standard. Now other players feel they can give back. It gives them some ownership. It makes them realize this is their university. They built it. I'm renting the spot and uh, hope to bring a lot more guys in that make them proud. 
you know, that that Mash Ishbia guy that you're talking about basically said he had to be the hardest working guy just to be the worst player on your team. And that hardest working guy turned out to be one of the wealthiest guys you've ever had graduate from your program. You know, I just ran into Jason Richardson. I was down in Dallas and he's got a son, 15, that's playing AU ball. And I was at the tournament, him and his wife were there. And I said, boy, you better thank Matt Ishbia because, or Matt Ishbia better thank him because Jason came to me the year before he had played AU ball with Matt. He said, coach, you got to take this guy. He's a great kid. And I said, I'm not taking a five, seven walk on, you know, I said, <laughs> he said, coach, you got to do it. You got to do it. Well, uh, when when JR jumped, I said, whatever you want, JR, I'll do for you. <laughs> you know, and we took Matt and, and I kid him to this day that he missed the last shot in the championship game, a reverse layup. And uh, when he rang the bell at the stock center there, I, I, I texted him that I said, hey, you might be big time. But you still missed the last shot of your college career. He'll always be your player and you will always be the coach he looks up to. We'll be back with more some more buzzer beaters with Coach Izzo right after this. Drive into Manhattan for an unforgettable staycation at Midtown Manhattan's luxurious Kimberly Hotel. Treat yourself to New York City without the crowds. Protected by our highest safety and hygiene protocols to keep your family safe. You're watching Game Time with Boomer Esiason, brought to you by GEICO. We're back with Tom Izzo, who once said about winning the 2000 National Championship that he'd coach until he's 90 if he could get another. You know, Coach, uh, Mike Krzyzewski has told me this, Roy Williams has said, and so has Lon Kruger. They have all announced that they are going to retire. I guess you are making no such announcement on this show? No, but when I do, I'd be more than happy to do it on your show. Uh, thank you for that, but... You know, those guys, man, some of them are eight, nine years older than I am. So I got some years left in me, but it is getting harder, Boomer. I don't know what, uh, you know, the longevity of coaches is going to be. Everything seems to be getting younger, but as long as I enjoy what I'm doing and and I can spend time with these guys and I'm healthy, uh, I, I promise you this, I will not go out. I will not stay two years too long, you know, I mean, although some people probably thought I already have, but for the most part, when I don't want to take red eyes, when I don't want to do the things you got to do in this job, it'll be time to leave and I'll be cool with that. But that's not in the near future. I got, I got some goals to achieve yet. A couple of uh, Tom Izzo-isms that I need you to briefly explain for me. Okay. All right. All right. Here we go. First one, players play tough players win. Uh, That's definitely in all sports, you know, and I don't mean just physically knocking on your butt tough. I mean mentally tough, and I think um, a lot of players you can win 20 games with. Some players you can win 25, but to win championships, I think you need guys that are tough, disciplined, and mentally and physically ready to take on the world. Okay, the second one, you don't determine playing time. Players do. Yeah, you know, I mean, parents always think, you know, in high school, maybe you got to play the kid because he's the uh, superintendent's son, you know, but – you get the college or pro ball, you got to play the best players you can play. And uh, a lot of times I'll tell parents, you want to come to practice and watch your son? I'm cool with that. You know, I'm not going to play somebody that uh, hasn't earned it. And the guys that earn it deserve to play it. So I think they determine your playing time more than we do, to be honest. You know, listening to you talk about Magic Johnson, Draymond Green, and Mateen Cleaves, I think I get this last one. A player coach team is better than a coach coach team. Well, you should get it because you were in locker rooms. How long were you in the NFL? 
14 years. Yeah, so you've done the whole thing. So I, in those 14 years, I'm sure you ran into a lot of different locker rooms. And when, when the guys in the locker rooms are talking the same language as the coach, or even better, Mateen talked a better language than I did. I didn't say he used as good of words as I used, but he talked a better language than I did. And he had the ability to motivate people. We all know magic that Draymond does it almost more from a fear factor, including me. I'll tell you one funny Draymond story if you want to hear one, Boomer. Sure. So we get in a huddle, and, you know, Draymond never holds back what he wants to say. And so we're arguing about something. And my way of stopping him would always be to break a clipboard over my knee. So one day I'm sitting there, and I grab the clipboard, and he's arguing. I said, hey, Draymond, you know, shut up. You know, I'm tired of this. And I go to break the clipboard on my knee, and it goes, boom, you know, and it vibrates. (laughs) And I look up and everybody's kind of staring at me. And I, so I take that clipboard again. I go to break it, but I didn't realize my managers had substituted those cardboard ones with the, ple- the uh, you know, like plexiglass almost yeah. ones. Draymond looks at me and says, Hey, coach, you better get in the weight room. And everybody <laughs> cracked up. We went on to win. So Draymond even helped me in an embarrassing time. That's what I oh, love that, about Draymond. That, that is great. I love that story. And my final thing for me is that, you know, as a Maryland alumnus, uh, I'm so proud of Gary Williams. He's a dear friend of mine. You selected him as your presenter for the uh, College Basketball Hall of Fame. What was that like for you? I am a big Gary Williams fan. I don't want him to hear me say that because you know how Gary is. <laughs> but he's just he's a man's man, if that makes any sense. That's the best way I can describe him. I think he can coach today just like he coached 20 years ago. Uh, he's that kind of guy. I still love talking to him and enjoy him, Boomer, because he's He's uh, he's one of the good ones. You're right, Tom. Gary is certainly a treasure. Our thanks to Tom Izzo for joining us today and to all of you for watching. I'm Boomer Esiason, and I'll see you again soon right here on Game Time. So you worked uh, with your dad in the carpet installation business. He also was a shoe repair guy. I mean, can you fix shoes if you had to? Boomer, I can put a zipper in your pants. I can fix your <laughs> shoes. I can lay your carpeting. I'm not sure I could coach you, but I can do those other things just fine.